He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Thursday edition. Jeff, two points out. Bill, what's crazy about SEC baseball, and I was mentioning earlier, it's deeper and better than SEC football. It's not nearly as popular. It doesn't make anywhere <laughs> any kind of money, right, comparatively speaking, to the uh, the mothership. But the last three national champions – our SEC teams, and their Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. That's not ever 10,000 years from now. That will not be the case in SEC football. 200 million years from now, that will not be the case in SEC football. It's even deeper. No, it, it it's even deeper. Hard to imagine, right? Kip, Billy, have there been any notable NIL deals in baseball? I'm sure there have been. And, and notable compared to football, I'm guessing not. But I'm look, for, I'll just give an example. Tony Ball said that he has players that are benefiting from NIL. I don't think it's a lot of money, relatively speaking, but it's still money. So, yes, that's happening. Are there any big – like, is, is let me give you an example. Tommy Tanks, freshman year at NC State, hit 27 bombs, something like that, which is just ridiculous. It's now at LSU. Do they have something for him when it comes to name image? Like, I'm sure they do. Dylan Cruz down there, who either he or Chase Dolander, they're saying, will be the top pick in the draft, baseball draft coming up this spring. Dolander at Tennessee, Dylan Cruz at LSU. Do you think that they're they're yeah, they've got stuff. But but is it as prevalent as football? I wouldn't think so, because the collective is not going to prioritize baseball like they are going to prioritize football. So I wouldn't think so. I'm sure there's an example somewhere though. I saw this. Perry Mason, Bill, we just got a big 6'8", 350-pound lineman, Kenyatta Godwin out of Kentucky. Yeah, he is – he was a recruit up in – where was he? Up in Indiana. And it was down to Michigan State and Kentucky in recruiting out of high school. 
and he chose Kentucky. Spent this last year there and then jumped in the portal. Now he's at Florida. He was a pretty big-name recruit coming out of high school. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I wasn't thinking about that particularly this morning, but I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's a good pickup for them. Look, Florida with some linemen, et cetera, they have done pretty well. They got a linebacker out of Houston. They got that running back out of Tulane, just announced that that big offensive lineman. And then they've got another one or two in there. That Then these guys are going to have to play, obviously. They're going to have to go. They're going to need to play immediately. That's a good pickup. And he is. I've seen him. He, that kid is 6'8". He may be bigger than 350. He is an absolute horse. Now, he needs to develop. He wasn't really ready this last year as a true freshman, which is the case for almost every young offensive lineman. Very few offensive linemen are truly ready as a true freshman. Unless now, unless the depth chart is just so much in disarray or so depleted that a young guy's got to play, doesn't matter whether he's ready or not. That could happen. He's just the next guy. He may not be ready, but he's our guy. He's got to play. Yeah, that, that could happen. Obviously, LSU started two freshman offensive tackles this year. Joe Alt at Notre Dame just finished his sophomore year. He's the best offensive lineman in the country. And he started about midway through his freshman year, and he was a three-star tight end. Listed at 6'7", 240. I think Brian Driscoll said he was probably more around 270, 280 and later in high school. He's now 6'8", 320. You ought to see in the Goog where they have – their athletic facilities and all that, the Guglielmino building at Notre Dame. And they have that, that one um, big auditorium where they'll have press conferences and stuff. They'll bring players in there too. You know, you have the podium. and It's a podium, then there's a mic coming out of it. Joe Alt stands there, and it, it looks like the podium's around his waist. This guy is absolutely a behemoth and a – Left tackle, easy first-round pick for them. Yeah, you would, let, me, let me put it this way. Whoever you are right now, you would trade your left tackle for him, okay? Wherever, whatever, Alabama would trade any of their offensive linemen right now for Joe Alt, Okay. Now, Alabama wouldn't trade a lot of their other players with Notre Dame, perhaps. <laughs> but I don't know. They What if what if Sam Hartman said, I'm coming? <laughs> All right, who'd you say we have on hold there, Pat? R.D. and Kolioka has checked in with us today on this Thursday edition. Welcome in, sir. Good morning, Mr. King. Well, here we are in the... Not playing portion of college football, and it's all, in my opinion, it's all the speculating. It keeps it interesting. With that said, have you heard anything concerning uh, uh, Destin Wade? His shot at getting the uh, starting 
quarterback position. Yeah, he doesn't have a shot right now. They're, they're bringing in Devin Leary from yeah, NC State, who's a proven big stat sheet quarterback. So he'll have to sit another year at least. Do you think he, they'll continue to groom him as a quarterback or take advantage of his tremendous athletic ability and maybe put him at a wide receiver or something in the future? Well, he he's quarterbacks. That that's a tough one, but it's a fantastic question. I'm just trying to figure out the right way to answer it. It's hard to get a guy who's always been a quarterback to do that. Now I'm not saying that it can't happen, and it has happened historically, but it's hard because once you're, you're right. used to being that guy, it's hard to give that up. But I agree. Here's, but I'm here's sorry, my point. I think his long-term future, if he wants to keep playing, isn't at quarterback. I agree. I agree. And, and I agree with you historically, what you said about the quarterback stated position. And it has happened, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it has been rare, has it not? It's it's not that common. No, it's it's hard to get a guy to give it up now. I've seen him transition to to receiver. I've seen heck Vanderbilt had a six seven kid here out of Brentwood as a quarterback. They signed him. He ended up starting at right tackle. Who was that? I always forget his name. Vanderbilt fans will okay. tell me he started at Brentwood High. He was six seven two thirty. Ends up six seven three hundred starting tackle. What's where he belongs, defensive <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, now, now, yeah, he put on the size. I went and watched him play basketball. Uh, and I saw him play football, too, but I actually went and watched him play basketball. This is, this is, heck, this is probably 15 years ago. Maybe, okay. heck, maybe, maybe more like 20 years ago. Vanderbilt yeah. fans, if you're listening, remind me of his name. I always forget it. But, yeah, he actually went from quarterback to offensive tackle. Now, that never happens. Okay. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. All right, my friend, keep up the good work. And uh, like everyone else out here, my continued prayers for your son, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate that. Bye-bye. Yeah, appreciate that. Harrison's doing well. Yeah, he's doing well. Let me take another one. Spence, welcome in, sir. Saw Spence at Commitments. Good to have him out there. Yeah, it's been a little bit, Billy. Listen, let's talk recruiting a little bit. Let's say that uh, I'm one of the – how many teams in the, in the country, even after we were expand to the 12-team playoff, you got four to six teams that might win a championship, right? Probably not even that. But, so, yeah, but, let's, let's just say less than five. Okay. We'll, we'll just stick with the chalky five then. Well, if I'm the 300th best kid in America, one of those five is going to recruit me. After that, if your recruiting pitch to me is, we went to the playoffs the last two years, and I'm going to go, yeah, but you didn't win your division, you didn't win your conference, and you got, as we like to say, blowed out in the playoffs. I'm not looking at that as a recruiting uh, pitch. Now I'm thinking NIL money, education, location, not necessarily in that order. Yeah, I mean, every every player is different, but I think the NIL conversation is a very early conversation you have to have with every – because every – and look, the parents are going to insist this too. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if, if the only Chalky Five stewards recruit me and I'm a Southern born in Ohio State, if I don't like cold weather, I'm not going. So then I'm, I'm talking, okay, South Carolina's in the top 12. How much money can you give me? Or, or your school's got education on right. Location and education after money. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Because I think that expanding to 12, we're going to see more games like we did this year in the national championship. On any given Saturday, somebody's going to beat somebody that they shouldn't be. And that'll happen in the playoffs, but then reality's going to slap them in the face when they get a bigger, faster, better coach team. Out-recruited team. Yeah. But they won't care because the money's going to be so incredible. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's just going to be poor football for us to watch. I hate that. Have a good one, Billy. All right, man. Good question about Stetson Bennett by Pac-12 Dave. We'll get there. Jay Book is next, but but let's do that. We'll go Stetson Bennett after Jay Book. Omni Nashville Hotel. This Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Needing a snow day? How about a dough day? Instant games from the Tennessee Lottery are bringing winning flurries and drifts of cold hard cash. With chances at breathtaking top prizes up to $4 million, sled to your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer and score a chance at a dough day. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three cheese blend to make our delicious mac and top it with chopped hand-breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. 
called Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-529-2856. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. For affordable term life, call 800-529-2856. Jim Rome is here weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR. The SEC is for closers, and there's only one way to survive in the SEC, ABC. A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. A, B, C, A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. Jim Rome, 11 to 2 on Nashville's original sports radio, WNSR. Nobody knows more about college football history than Bill King. Jay Book with us. Buck nuts. Jay Book, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. You ready? You alert? I'm here. Had a question earlier. Who's better? Now, this would have to be a prime time comparison because there's an age disparity. Marvin Harrison Jr. or Julio Jones? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That is is a great uh, comparison there. Right now... I mean, Julio Jones, when he was in college, he was an absolute monster. But the way I look at it now, I just think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is a more modernized uh, Julio Jones. I just think that the way Marvin goes about his business as a player, learning from his Hall of Fame father, uh, the work ethic that he has, just you know, being around the program, hearing about Ohio State, and hearing about the, the things that he does. Ryan Day had to basically kick this kid out of the facilities late at night. I mean, coaches are in there 9, 10 o'clock at night having meetings. Somebody goes in here as they're trying to shut down the facilities and say Marvin's still in there uh, getting after it uh, with the jump machines and everything. So right now I would say I give a slight edge to Marvin Harrison Jr. And the reason I say that is because he is extremely polished right now after a sophomore campaign. And a lot of that is because of his father, obviously. And secondly, he is probably working with the best wide receiver coach in college football and Brian Hartline. I just looked, I, just to re- refresh myself, now this is 24-7. Marvin Harrison was a four-star top 100 recruit, but he was ranked 14th at his position. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, I mean, <laughs> at, the, at, at the time, uh, you know, Ohio State had this quarterback, Kyle McCord, in the fold, and he was led with a five-star. Right. And you throw on the tape, and you just watch Marvin Harrison Jr. just absolutely destroying high school kids. And all of the Ohio State fans are just questioning on the message board. It's like, why is this kid not a five-star? I mean, you look at the size, 
you look at the route running, it was way ahead of the curve for a high school kid. So that was a head scratcher for everyone, his ranking coming out of coming out of high school. Number one, by the way, is Emeka Egbuka, who he, he, he's fantastic, right? I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, when he's right, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought Emeka had a had a great year. I know he gets a little overshadowed from Marvin. Yeah. But Emeka is another guy that had over a thousand yards. He's going to be in line to be a potential first two round draft pick after this year. A lot of people don't know that he was he was really banged up down the stretch of the season. I mean, the guy could barely lift his arm over his head. He was having shoulder issues, but he still grinded it out, and he was putting up big numbers behind Marvin uh, with teams were keen on Marvin and rolling the safeties over top with some double coverage. And Mecca was there to really uh, get the offense out of trouble with C.J. Stroud. Tom in Myrtle Beach, Heartline promoted to offensive coordinator, so will they finally give up the play calling? I don't think Dave's going to fully give up the play calling. I know Ohio State fans this year, there was a lot of frustration in some of the big games, especially the Michigan game. There are a lot of times where you're watching Ohio State and you just felt like the offense really didn't get into a rhythm. They weren't really setting up plays to be executed later in the game. But that Georgia game, the way Ryan Day called that game, I had tweeted at the time, Bill, I said, Ryan Day is absolutely putting Kirby Smart in the blender with that offense. I mean, you're putting up 40-some points on the Kirby Smart defense. That tells you right there that he was on top of his game. The question is, will Ohio State get that same type of aggressive approach next year? I do think he will take somewhat of a step back, and I, I think it's critical that he does, Bill. The defense really needs a little bit more of his attention. From what I've been told, he's locked into that offensive meeting room primarily at the time when their coaches are having meetings. He's giving the reins to Jim um, Knowles to take over that defensive leadership room. He's pretty hands-off. I just think if you want to be a successful head coach, you've got to have a little bit more input on the defense, especially the way the defense performs against Michigan and Georgia down the stretch. Could this team potentially be the best Buckeye team under Ryan Day? I don't think so. Uh, you look at the 2019 team, uh, when you had Justin Fields there, you had all of the wide receivers. When you had Jamison Williams, you had Chris Olave, you had Garrett Wilson as your wideout, um, and then you had J.K. Dobbins as your running back. You look at the defensive line, you had uh, Sam Hubbard, you had Chase Young. You had Jeff Kuda. Um, all of these guys are playing at a high level in the NFL right now. In the back end, you had Jordan Fuller, who was drafted in the later rounds, was a captain on the Rams team who just won the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the defense was a little bit more sound, a little bit more aggressive in that 2019 team. That roster was absolutely loaded. Now, this, can have, this, this team has an opportunity to be really good. They have to figure out the tackles. They obviously got to pick a quarterback. I don't think that's going to happen until uh, probably fall camp. They do, have, they do have a lot of key pieces coming back, but as far as NFL talent, that 2019 team was absolutely stacked. Notre Dame fans want to know your thoughts on Javante Jean-Baptiste, a backup and who rotated, but is he a player that can help them? 
Absolutely. I, I, I definitely think he's going to be a guy that's going to come in there and provide some leadership in the locker room. He was loved in that locker room for uh, the Ohio State players. He learned under Larry Johnson, so the transition to him, to Marcus Freeman, it should be extremely uh, successful. Uh, I do think that he's going to be someone, I don't know if he's going to be a major impact player, but as far as helping, I absolutely believe he's going to be able to help that Notre Dame defense. And it's going to be kind of weird once Ohio State and Notre Dame match up next season, seeing him on the other side of the field because he's been, you know, in, in the program for quite a bit of time and seeing him through the media, talking to uh, the media and everything like that. He is a very personal kid. Everybody's going to love him at Notre Dame. So I hope nothing but the best for him, and he has an extremely successful, um, you know, fifth year, sixth year over over there with Marcus Freeman. Is Ohio State's blueprint, and it's working, it clearly works, but they'll dabble in the portal a little bit, you know, here or there. But but they don't. It's it's not a big thing for them. They're not looking to patch up a bunch. Is that going to be their permanent blueprint for a while? I think that's just the way they go. Ryan Day is really big on culture. I know a lot of Ohio State fans will want them to be a lot more aggressive. I mean, if you go to the message boards on Twitter, any type there's any type there's a big name kid that goes into the portal. Ohio State fans are salivating, especially if it's a cornerback or offensive tackle. They tried to go after some tackles. They uh, they were not successful in getting the guys that they want. I believe they missed out on six offensive tackles, so they were being aggressive in that aspect. I do believe they need to bring in at least one more tackle and maybe one to two more cornerbacks. But with, with the roster set the way it is, they had a lot of guys that came back that had the option to declare for the NFL. So I don't think Ohio State is ever going to be in the position to where they're taking six, seven, eight type of transfer guys because they really take a, a big emphasis on evaluating those high school kids and if they can keep them within the program, which that's why they always preach culture. If they can keep those guys in the program that they feel like they hit a home run on the evaluation, then for them it's just, okay, let's plug a hole here and there but you're not going to see a major overhaul of the roster from the transfer portal. Josh in London, Ohio. By the way, Jay Book is with us. Buck Nuts, the site where Dave Biddle and all the folks preside. Josh in London, Ohio, says Jay Book, Marvin Harrison Jr., or Chris Olave. <laughs> I mean, those are two totally different wide receivers. Right. Uh, you, Marvin's a more of an outside guy. Chris can play on the outside, play on the inside. Two totally different body types. I mean, you, you, no shade to Chris, but right now I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. I look at the upside of him. I think he has the potential to be a, a future NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's that good. Chris Olave is smooth as silk. You saw what he did in the NFL. He had an excellent year with basically Andy Dalton throwing the, throwing the football to him. I think he had better quarterbacks his entire career at Ohio State than he had in the NFL. Uh, but I, I, I would take Marvin right now absolutely over Alave. Any thoughts on Michigan's offensive coordinator, Hunt? No idea where they, where they go from there. Uh, Michigan is trying to get any type of information out of there. It's like trying to steal some gold out of Fort Knox. You, you <laughs> We really don't even know what happened with the current offensive coordinator. We know there was some type of 
computer crimes, and he was relieved of duty. But where they go, I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure Sharon Moore, their, their offensive line coach, who's the co-OC, will have some type of input. He will still probably carry that OC title. But as you know, Bill, it's extremely difficult to be an offensive line coach and a and a play caller. You need your offensive line coach down there on the field coaching those guys, uh, especially when the game is getting heated. So I, I would be curious to see where they go here. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they also elevate Mike Hart uh, to a play caller and let them split those duties and try to bring in a, another position coach. But who knows with Jim? He's the wild card. <laughs> Expect the unexpected when you're talking about Jim Harbaugh. Question here. Player at Ohio State that hasn't gotten a lot of playing time yet, but you think will break out, or it could be a couple. Yeah, I would say Sonny Styles, uh, oh. the young for, <laughs> the, yeah. the young safety five star. Um, they really rave about him. He he is extremely athletic. He's a in the box safety, big big kid, two twenty two twenty five, but he's athletic enough to be able to hold his own in coverage and also play that that deep safety role. And then if you're talking about another safety, I'm talking. To, I'm going to throw Kai Stokes' name in there. Another highly regarded uh, kid that they are high on, four-star out of out of Florida. I just think those two are the future at the safety position. And then if you want to go down to the linebackers' position, C.J. Hicks is due for a breakout. Five-star, uh, number one linebacker coming in the country. Really didn't get a lot of playing time this year. He had to cut his teeth on, on special teams. Ohio State will be returning their starting linebackers, and Jim Knowles is not a big proponent of rotating those guys. But I think C.J. Hicks, you have to find a position for him because I do think they're going to move Jack Sawyer back down to the defensive line where his natural position is. I do believe that he needs to have his hand in the dirt. He's not flexible and agile enough to play the Jack position that Jim Knowles likes to uh, employ. And I think that's going to open up a role for C.J. Hicks, who's going to be an absolute terror He's up to about 240 right now, 6'3", 6'4". So with crazy athleticism, if you look at him, he looks like he's been chiseled from a Greek god or something. Um, so those are some of the younger guys that I think Ohio State fans are going to fall in love with once they see the field. Two things about Sonny Styles for everybody. Number one, he should be a high school senior right now. And number two, if you want a comp, and I don't know if he's this, but physically – He's Kyle Hamilton. That's what yeah. he looks like. Yeah. He's he big like that. You know, you think of Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton you think of a Cam Chancellor from Seattle, those types of big safeties. Right. Um, he played a little bit against Georgia, did extremely well. I thought we, even when he was matched up against Brock Bowers as a kid that's supposed to be in high school, he played really well, Bill. So just seeing that he can, in the limited time that he, he was able to get on the field against Georgia – you really didn't notice anything, and that, that's what you want to see as far as the safety. A guy that's not giving up a huge play where everybody's pointing at you and saying, hey, what happened here? He was able to get in there, execute the game plan, play at a high level. He's probably going to be penciled in as one of the starters at safety. And the safety position, you know, it was a weakness this year. I think they're going to have a lot of bodies there, so the competition this spring for those safety positions is going to be absolutely stacked and loaded, especially with Josh Proctor deciding to come back. One more for Jay Book from Buck Nuts. Recruit 
in the class of 24 out of Chicago, Justin Scott, was supposed to make an announcement here in just a couple of days, and Notre Dame was thought to be the leader. And he just tweeted yesterday, you know what, I'm postponing. No no dates. And I know, look, he's not a new name. He's the top-ranked 6'5", 320-pound D-tackle in this class. Buckeyes are in that, though. I know Michigan's in it. I know Georgia's in it. But aren't the Buckeyes in that, too, somewhat? Yes, uh, absolutely. Ohio State is in that recruitment. The fact that he postponed that, that's extremely – that bodes extremely well for the Buckeyes. That is coming off a visit from Larry Johnson. Um, So Larry was just out there uh, talking to him and his family soon after he decided to uh, postpone that commitment. So if you're able to put, you know, the pieces together, that's what you want to see if you're an Ohio State fan. For this kid to slow down his recruitment, get him back on the campus, hopefully that you can, uh, you know, kind of push the envelope a little bit more. I do think they are trailing Notre Dame here, but I feel like Ohio State has a little bit momentum now that he's decided to push it off. And one thing that Dave and I talked about on our show, Bill, is the fact that Larry Johnson's out there on the road right now to go visit this kid, that tells me that Larry's probably going to be back. Yeah, Notre Dame's are having Notre Dame fans are having flashbacks on Keon Keeley about right now, too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> J Book, great job, buddy. See you. All right. Take care. There he is. J Book does a fantastic job. I mean, that was A plus excellence. We'll get the break. Oh, back to the uh, Stetson Bennett question from earlier. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll address that when we get back here after the break. Start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic. Treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. If you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City, stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill. 
voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown and boasts on-site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City vacation today. What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more, and calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Hey guys, it's Zach from the Afternoon Stretch. I want to invite you to T-Line Thursday, January 26th to join Bruno Reagan and myself for our live show. T-Line is located at 106 Duluth Avenue in Nashville and we will be there from 4 to 6 p.m. and you can meet Bruno and me, most importantly me, in person. Come hang out, enjoy the great food, games, and join the fun with us January 26th from 4 to 6 p.m. live from Nashville's first curling venue, T-Line Nashville. He knows all there is to know about Johnny Five Star, and now you can too. It's Bill King. Pac-12, Dave, Bill, Stetson Bennett's going to the combine. What are your thoughts there? I was going to mention this, and Georgia Dog just posted it. Mel Kuyper, he just came out with a mock draft, and he had his top ten and more. But he says that Stetson Bennett could be a third-round pick. Let's just go back. And and I'm sure everybody's probably saying he can't possibly get there. Let, let's just go back. Stetson Bennett was told in kindergarten, you'll never be on the second grade team. You just, you, you, you got a noodle arm. You're not fast enough. You're not big enough. You'll never, you'll definitely never get to the third grade team. So he's been told this his whole life. He's probably told he'll never make the kindergarten team. And now it's being projected that he could be as high as a third rounder by Mel Kuyper. Just keep keep telling him, man. You want me to do it? I'll say it here. No way. No way he goes in the third round. Not a chance. Not a chance. No, he's going to be working, uh, doing speaking engagements this time next year. He will not be on a team. See, I just did it for him. I just... I just told him again. I just told him something he could not do. I mean, do I think that he's a pro football quarterback? Do I? Th- I don't. <laughs> I don't. So he'll probably do it, right? He'll probably do it. I'm. I'm just one of those guys that keeps telling him he can't do it, right? I am. I'm on that list. No way I take Anthony Richardson in the top ten. No way I take Will Levis in the top ten. And they're projected there. Um, I don't take either one of those in the first round. I'm not spending that kind of money on them. 
Jeff, too, Bill, earlier you mentioned the bear. Yeah, Matt Smith tweeted this earlier this morning. Today is the 40th year anniversary of the passing of Bear Bryant. January 26, 1983. I told you I was in a microbiology lab when this news hit. I think it was around midday. I can't remember the exact time, but it was sometime noon, 1 o'clock, somewhere in there. Anyways, Bill, some haunting words from Bear and also some amazing quotes from his doctor. His last game was that Liberty Bowl in Memphis, game versus Illinois. Alabama won 21-15. After the game, Bryant was asked what he planned to do now that he was retired. He replied, probably croak in a week. Four days after making that comment, one day after passing a routine medical checkup, which was on January 25th of 83, Bryant checked into the Druid City Hospital in Tuscaloosa after experiencing chest pain. A day later, while being prepared for an electrocardiogram, he died suffering a massive heart attack. His personal physician, Dr. William Hill, said that he was amazed Bryant had been able to coach Alabama to two national championships recently in the last five years of his life, given the poor state of his health. That is kind of haunting. I did not, I was not aware of that comment in the post game after the Illinois game. That one's new to me. I did not remember that. Earlier, we were talking, RD was bringing up quarterbacks, Destin Wade and stuff. We were talking about quarterbacks are stubborn to transition to another position. It happens, but it's hard. They don't want to do it. And most of them won't do it. But I was telling you one of the really odd ones was Vanderbilt had a quarterback they signed out of Brentwood, right here, Brentwood High, 6'7", 230, that ended up starting at offensive tackle. And I couldn't think of his name, and Jason said, Bill, his name, Thomas Welch. That's right. I couldn't remember it. Remember, I remember him playing football and basketball at Brentwood, and he was a monster. In high, he was 6'7", and he was probably 230, 240 in high school at quarterback and put on the requisite weight to be 300 and uh, whatever, 320, whatever he was, and was the starting SEC offensive lineman, Thomas Welch. So I appreciate that. I could not think of that. Pac-12 day, Bill, was it Gavin Schoenwald? No. Gavin Schoenwald was a – he was – I first saw Gavin Schoenwald, and he's a tight end at Vanderbilt. But in basketball, in the junior high area we're in, he was at a school, I believe it was Woodland, which is over there by Ravenwood. They won the junior high – championship, basketball championship that year against all the our team and all these teams. And he was the leader as a sixth grader. This is the eighth grade team. He was 6'4 then. I don't think he ever got any taller. He's 6'4, 6'5. He did, he ended up transferring, he ended up going to Brentwood Academy, private school. And he did, I think, originally play some 
a quarterback, but he got – I'm pretty sure he got moved to tight end, or he played quarterback on and off at Brentwood Academy, but he was not going to be a quarterback in college. And he's a tight end. No, he's not the size of Thomas Welch. He's not that big. He's 6'5", probably 240. But Thomas Welch went to 6'7", 300. Gavin Showall, though, I saw as a – literally as a sixth grader. That's a good one, though, Pac-12 day. No, no, that, that's I wasn't thinking about him, but I, he's still at Vanderbilt. He's still there. All right, we'll get one more break. Good show, man. Jay Book was outstanding, TJ. Tomorrow, Ole Miss evening, Brad, they'll be with us. Kevin Hagan a week away. Kevin Hagan says they're a little wishy-washy right now on uh, Jeremy Proof. So, I'll explain that best I can tell when we come back. Omni National Hotel. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Prescription products require an online consultation with a health care provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Hey, guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. At Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash joy. That's 4 slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash. Or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. We're going to get into our routine with Daily Tennessee Jackpot. You got a dollar? Let's have some fun with it. Let's get those numbers going. How many are we picking? And one. And two. And three and four and five. Let's go. All of us Tennesseans are having fun now. Let's play and play. Work out a win with drawings every day when you play Daily Tennessee Jackpot. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
Nashville Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM has been your home for sports for 20 years. From typewriters to Twitter, fax machines to Facebook, we have you covered 24-7 and on the go. Finding us online is as easy as at Nash Sports Radio. Twitter, at Nash Sports Radio. SoundCloud, at Nash Sports Radio. Facebook, at Nash Sports Radio. Or search your app store for WNSR. 20 years of sports. Anytime, anywhere. From Nashville Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Get into the Bill King show. Um, shit, man, I just lost my train of thought. All right, dude, here's a couple of phones. Three, two, call 615 844 who will be with us starting back a week from this Friday, so a week from tomorrow, is saying that the Jimmy Pruitt story is almost changing daily. At some point, it feels like he'll be on that staff. Other moments, maybe not. And Kevin says it's Nick. Nick is kind of waffling here on Jimmy Pruitt. Now, maybe they bring him in, not as the coordinator, but in some analyst role, and then let a few more years go by and then let him have it. I don't know. Don't know. But Kevin says that thing's not over, whether it's yes or no. It looked like a while back it was all but a done deal. Apparently it's not now. Look, things can change. And I don't know, obviously, what's going on down there, but. They've been in conversations for sure. Uh, back to Gavin Schoenwald. Philip, who, among other things, is a TSSAA, that's a Tennessee football official. And he said, I had a Brentwood Academy game. Gavin Schoenwald, who's a tight end at Vanderbilt, his senior year, he was a quarterback. Before that, he played tight end because they had Jeremiah Oldsfall at quarterback. And Jeremiah, remember, started his career at Austin P. played well, transferred to Memphis. I don't think that worked out very well. And I think, I think he, did he transfer out of there? I think he might have. No Kev up in Chicago. Bill, I don't know. I could see Stetson being a third stringer in the pro game, in the NFL. Being a backup quarterback in that league is a fantastic job. You don't really have to do anything unless the main guy gets hurt, but you don't get many reps. You just you just hanging out, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Tom in Myrtle Beach, Bill Pappy will probably win back-to-back Super Bowls with the Falcons. Y'all keep telling him he can't do something. That's true. They probably will. Guys sitting there, Super Bowl MVP, passed for about 180, ran for about 40, 50, got the ball to all the playmakers, stood there confidently. 
Probably so. I Look, I'll, I'll tell Stetson Bennett what he can't do. I'm not sure I believe it when I say he can't do it, but uh, that, guy, that guy is used to it, man. I, look, I, I hope he proves people wrong for another 15 years, including me. I hope he proves me wrong and anybody else who has doubted him for X number of years. That, that'd be fine with me, man. I mean, look, Led McConkie, he's not a quarterback. People say the same thing about him. We were talking yesterday, and Blake Rufino does a fantastic job when he comes on the show. He goes, Georgia just won a national championship with Lad McConkie. I mean, you think, you think uh, Ohio State or Alabama would want Lad McConkie in the transfer portal? I mean, he's a good player. No, no, he's a good player. Apparently, he was a Tennessee ball fan. He couldn't get them to uh, to budge. <laughs> He's a good player, man. I, I'm not going to sit here and uh, disparage him either, but, I mean, if that's one of your – now, they spread the ball out a lot. Bowers is your top guy. You got those running backs. You got Stetson Bennett. You got Mitchell when he's healthy. He's transferred now. And you've got others, but they're pretty good. Just business. Bill, do you think Tennessee can maintain last season's success with a quarterback or drop back? Oh, I think they could go 10-2. and two. I think they could. I think they could. Not going to beat Georgia. I don't think they beat Alabama down there. They don't play LSU this year again. They get A&M, though, which if A&M's playing well, that's a problem. That could be a problem. Um, and you have other games that – but I think, look, I said this earlier. I think there is a 50% or better chance that Nico takes over at quarterback for them. And he is a ridiculous talent. I mean, a, a scary talent. Now, will he be that good as a true freshman? We'll have to see. I think he'll eventually be that good. But would he show that next year? Look, they don't have anybody else there other than Joe Milton. They lost Haven Jackson to the portal a couple of weeks ago. He's already selected IU. Their other quarterbacks are Navy Shuler, a walk-on. He's Shuler's son. And the kid that came up and has been with them for a few years that came up from UCF, another walk-on. I mean, that's going to be tough. Noel Kev said, Bill Chase Daniels has made $41 million as a backup. It's an incredible job. That's an incredible job. What, now, Blake Bortles, went, Blake Bortles went in the first round, right, but wasn't very good. I think he made $50 million. Backup quarterback is one of the best jobs you can ever have in the NFL. Just couple of years here, a couple of years another place. You don't have to do anything as long as the head guy is, is, is healthy. It's a fantastic game. All right, we got to shut it down here. We'll be back tomorrow. Friday edition. It's already Friday. Ole Miss Eve, Brad. Kevin Hagan, a week out. Flashback. <laughs>